0: We are One Church.
1: We love God, love people, love his mission, and love his church.
0: Welcome to the One Church Podcast.
2: Hi everyone, my name's Chris, and it's my joy to welcome you to this week's One Church Podcast. Wherever you are tuning in from, it is great to have you with us. Today we begin a new teaching series all about how we can live a resilient life in Christ. This introductory message was recorded on Sunday, the 4th of February by Pastor Susan at our North site. Enjoy.
1: I wonder if you recognise this verse as I read it. Then the church enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. This is our verse for the year. This is what we're believing for. And David and I spoke at the beginning of the year, our first together actually it was on the 31st of December, so it was just before the year started, we talked about us having an upgrade. We felt like God wanted to give us an upgrade this year. And one area he wants to upgrade us in is in that verse, the church was strengthened, an upgrade of strength. And that's what we're believing for. And that's why we're starting a teaching series today, which I'm going to introduce to us today, which will take us up to just before Easter. And it's called A Resilient Life. A resilient life. How do we build a life in Jesus that will last? That will be strong? That will bounce back when troubles come? Because that's what resilience really means. If you look at the symbol on our PowerPoint slide, it's, it's a bouncing one. So it's an arrow bouncing, isn't it? It's to do with us being resilient when troubles come, when diff- things are difficult. David shared this with me on Friday from his own Bible reading that morning from 1 kings 15 verse 14 a verse that says Asa that's a king in in the ancient days of Israel Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life isn't that what we want for our hearts to be fully committed to the Lord all our life and i read paul speaking in 2 timothy 4 verse 7 where he says i'm nearing the end i fought the good fight i finished the race i've kept the faith and now my reward is coming now there is a Stored up for me a crown of righteousness. And last Sunday, J. John was with us, wasn't it great? Jay John's such a great speaker, I think, isn't he? He really is memorable. And I heard him two times in a row and then listened again um, on, the, on the YouTube a couple of times as well because I just thought it was such a beautiful explanation, really, of the gospel and how amazing and simple but wonderful it is. Now he's written two volumes of a book called Heroes of the Faith. Um, which we have at home, and they're just short stories of the lives of Christians who've lived throughout the years, done extraordinary things for God, ordinary people who've been used in extraordinary ways and are now in eternity. As he said last week, I think, or David said, you have to be dead to be in this book because you have to have made it to the end. Some of them we've heard of, others of them we haven't heard of, but all of them made it to the end, finishing strong. And I don't know about you, but that's my prayer not that you'd be famous, not that you'd be known, not that maybe people would have ever heard of what you do in your life, but that you have finished strong and that you've done what God wanted you to do. In a sense, you've died empty of all of his purposes for your life. Now, not long after we were married, David and I met um, a real hero of the faith. We were part of this missions training course and um, I was teaching, so I think David went to meet this man called Mark Buntain. It was not long before he died. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him, but the presence of God was in the room. That's, that's a picture of him. He was born in Winnipeg in the USA, the son of a Pentecostal minister. And in October 1954, he went with his wife, Holder, and his little girl, Bonnie, who was one. They took a three-month voyage. In those days, you didn't just get on a plane and go across the Atlantic. They went for three months on a boat to get to India to be, to be there for a year. They were gonna do mission for a year there, but they ended up staying for the whole of their lives. After arriving in India, they set up a tent on a vacant plot in Calcutta, and they started telling people about the love of Jesus. One day, a man entered the tent, and he interrupted the preaching, and he said, Preacher, feed our bellies, and then tell us about this Jesus. And this changed everything, and it became the catalyst for the Buntain family to start a feeding program called Calcutta Mercy Ministries, and it continues today. Feeding, educating, helping with medicine, the the people who are the poorest in Calcutta and surrounding areas. And they've planted 700 plus churches, hundreds of schools, children's homes, nutritional programs across the whole country. Mark passed away in 1989, not long after David met him. He carried a deep sense of the presence of God and he lived a life that was well lived and he finished strong and he was a man after God's own heart. He lived a resilient life. Now, here's a photo of Holder. I wanted to, I thought this was just such a lovely photo. This is his wife. Now, his his wife died long after he did. He died in his 60s. His wife didn't die until she was in her 90s. And for those 30-odd years, she stayed in India. Now, that is a resilient life. She stayed in India, living that strong life, serving, continuing their ministry. And I thought, doesn't she look lovely? I'd love to have met her. So this series is all about just that—about living a life where we finish strong, and in our own way, whether anybody hears about us or not, we live as a hero of the faith. Do you know there are? This room is full of heroes. This room is full of people with potential to live lives that are absolutely amazing for God. Now, the author of the book of Hebrews in the Bible sees the heroes of the faith, the resilient ones, as those who are cheering us on, if you like, from heaven. I always imagine when. I read in Hebrews chapter 12, that there's this cloud of witnesses and they're sort of looking over the balustrade of heaven, a bit like they're on the landing, you know, they're up on the higher level, they're on the landing looking down at us and cheering us on and saying, come on, you can do it. And we're told in this little passage to run with resilience the race marked out for us. We're just gonna read Hebrews 1 to three, just a little introduction to what we're gonna talk about in the series. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all these heroes, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And each week before Easter, we're going to look at the, a characteristic, one characteristic each week of a resilient life in Jesus. So we're going to start next week with building deep roots through our devotional life, because we need to have deep roots going down into Jesus to stay strong, don't we? We're going to look at the power of running with other people, other Christians, the, the importance of our character. We're going to look at the way we grow in secret and in humility, that life's not all about being on a stage. It's about what God does in the secret place, God does in our heart. We're going to look at the challenge to be courageous and faith-filled, which we talked about this morning quite a bit, about stepping out, taking those steps of courage. And we're going to look at finally having an eternal perspective and living for the well done of Jesus. And we're also going to tell along the way, we're going to tell a few stories of heroes of the faith, some of them from our own church. We're going to have one of those in a little while later. And some of them from um, people from who have lived through the centuries who've done something great for God. And we're going to learn from them, and it's going to be inspiring. And I believe you may have been a Christian for one week. You may even not yet have found Jesus. And if you haven't, he's here for you today. Um, or you may have been a Christian for 50 years or more but you're going to get something great out of this series it's going to speak to you it's relevant for each one of us because this is what we want isn't it who here wants to live a resilient life yeah you want to be knocked down when anything comes your way there's a challenge you don't do you? you want to get up and you want to go again and believe that God has great plans for you and he's he has a great plan for your life for you to do something great for him as well So what is resilience? Well, resilience is the word that describes the toughened condition of body and mind developed over time. That means we will last to the finish line. We're made. God has made each one of us. He's made each one of you to have an impactful and a meaningful and a fruitful life. How can we do this? We can do it by becoming more like Jesus, because in that passage we read it says Jesus look to Jesus doesn't it say so keep looking to Jesus he's the pioneer he's the perfecter of faith he set his face towards the cross he wasn't deterred he never looked back he was deeply rooted in his relationship with his father and he lived the most influential life that any person has ever lived on this earth and he died the most impactful death ever and this series, I know, will not be comfortable because becoming like Jesus is not necessarily a comfortable process. There's no quick fixes, but we're going to learn how to build principles into our lives from the word of God that will keep us growing stronger every day. So today, just briefly, we're going to look at one particular passage just to set us off for this series. And it's in Matthew 7:24 to 27. It's Jesus' words where he's talking about some wise and foolish builders, or a wise and a foolish builder. I found a couple of building jokes. I don't normally share jokes, but I did think these were quite funny, so. I never wanted to believe that my dad was stealing from his job at the building site, but when I got home, all the signs were there. (laughs) Not all construction is equally enjoyable. For instance, drilling a large hole is boring. But fastening two pieces of metal together, now that is riveting. (laughs) Anyway, here's Jesus' words, but much more deep than those. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does, does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So I suppose the question from this is, will we live a resilient life or a fragile life? And the answer, you know, is not in ourselves. It's not dependent on how physically strong we are. We can live a resilient, strong life in Jesus with a lifelong health condition, weak in the body. As an older person, unable to do some of the things we were doing before, we can, it's not dependent on how physically strong we are or how, even how emotionally strong we are. It's not dependent on our background or our education. You know, we don't have to go to university to learn resilience. It's learned in the in the push and shove of life, if you, if you like, with Jesus. It's not dependent on our status or how many people know about us. If we build on anything other than Christ Jesus, we are always vulnerable. The answer is in how we are building our lives, and as always, Jesus shows us His way, and as. J. John said last week, in his kingdom, in Jesus' kingdom, there are always two ways. He always gives two choices, and they're quite clear. The narrow road or the wide road. And here we see two houses. We see two builders. We see two foundations. Build on the rock or build on the sand. And that's a choice that we have to make. Build on the sand. Well, a builder in that part of the world, in those days, and even these days, I would think, in that part of the world, has to think ahead. Because a lovely, sandy, beautiful looking hollow, nice flat sand, nice and smooth, looked like easy to dig, might have looked in the summer like a great place to build a house. But what you had to do was look ahead, because come the winter, that riverbed would be filled with water. And just like Jesus says here, there will be the the torrents would come, the rains would come and the water would rise and that house would, would fall with a crash. What's Jesus saying here? He's saying, think about where you base the house of your life. Don't build on shaky foundations, build on me. Not at a distance either, because he talks here about a real living everyday obedience. He says, those who hear my word and do what it says. It's practical. But everyone, he says, who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Build deep. Look beyond the surface. The sand might look nice. It might feel easy to dig. It might be the wide, beautiful, easy road. But a house built on sand will not last. Do you remember building sandcastles as children? And I remember many because I was brought up by the seaside. So I remember going down to the to the sea. My mum used to send me with my younger sister. These were different days to today. Because I used to go when I was about eight years old with my sister who was six and we'd go on our own down to the sea for the whole afternoon. And we'd have a 10p for an ice cream or something like that, probably less actually. Um, we'd have our towel and our swimming costume. We had our golden rules that we had to obey, which we obeyed none of them. And, and we just were sort of left to our own devices, going in the sea to swim on our own. But I remember building numerous sandcastles and usually you'd build a channel, wouldn't you, to get the sea? So when the tide came in, it would come up to the sandcastle and maybe you'd be standing on it and thinking, yeah, this time the sandcastle's not going to fall. But every time when the sea comes, the sandcastle goes to nothing. And after a little while, you look back at where the sea has been, don't you? When the sea goes out, there's nothing left. It's like that has not been even built. And here we read that hearing Jesus is not enough We can all go out here today, you know, and we can not change at all. Because we can hear words, we can hear words from the Bible, we can read words from Jesus, even hear testimonies from other people, and we can still go out. If our hearts are not soft, we can still go out and not actually change. But a resilient life is built on doing what Jesus tells us, on obeying. So what is he telling each of us to do? That's what we've got to know today, isn't it? And each of us are at a different stage in our journey, in our life of faith? What's he telling each of us to do or not to do? What's the sand, if you like, that we might be building our lives on? We've all got to come to the point to see that no matter how great our earthly circumstances might become, you know, if we're building our lives to look really nice, we might achieve something, you know, where we look in the mirror and we think, yeah, you're not bad. But, you know, sooner or later, age takes its toll, doesn't it? and there'll be wrinkles and there'll be lines and there'll be the day where you don't sleep very well. No matter how nice we look, no matter what possessions we own, how many qualifications we have, what great holidays we've been on, what great family we have, or how successful our children are, or how wonderful our grandchildren are, no matter what we have, all those things and more, they can't bring us the lasting peace, happiness, joy, that we find in Christ, that we find in Jesus. You know, Augustine, who was a very early Christian theologian, he taught an awful lot, and I've been reading some of what he wrote over the last few weeks. He talked a lot about ordering our loves. And the more I think about it, the more I think this is a very key thing in the Christian life, to love Jesus first. And if we get that right and we get that perspective and we've ordered our loves right, then everything else just falls into place. Famously, he wrote, Lord you've made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And I think this is what Jesus is getting at here that if we settle this if we put him first if we love him the most then everything else is ordered right. It's a bit like Jay John's car picture from last week. Did you you remember that? He talked about where is Jesus in the car of your life? Is Jesus in the boot? And he said, you might turn up at church and you get, you open the boot and you get Jesus out just for what he called religious happy hour. And then you put him back in and say, get back in there. And you carry on with the rest of the week and nobody would know that Jesus is in your life at all. Maybe Jesus is on the back seat of your car. So you're driving it, you're carrying along, but he's just a passenger. Or maybe he's in the front seat. And as he said, more of a companion And you might talk to him occasionally, but you're still driving. Or is Jesus driving your life? And if he is driving your life, he had one question, didn't he last week? Are you a backseat driver? So let's be reading his word because if we read his word every day, then we're gonna know what it is. He says says that we're building on the rock. If we hear these words of mine and we do what it says, how are we gonna do that if we're not hearing his word? And if we're not reading his word, we're not hearing his word. So we're hearing his word every day and we're putting it into practice. Seek first the kingdom of God and all you need will be given to you as well. Is he first? So what does Jesus mean that we should build on the rock? Only a house with very firm foundations can stand whatever comes. This is a harder way to build. A house, it's a harder way to build our life, but it bears fruit. And here we see how Jesus sees success, building our lives on him first. That means we build in such a way that when the storms come, as they will, when the challenges come, we will stand. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. This is the rock we're to build on, Jesus and his word. And Jesus says here, a firm foundation is to hear and to do. I know I'm being repetitive, but I'm, I feel this is so important just as a basis for this series. Just notice the man building on the sand, he also heard the word. It says he, he was the one who heard the word, but went away and didn't do it. So just ask yourself, am I connecting with him every day? Do I take what he says seriously? Do I know what he says do I really believe that to obey what he says is best for me in my life and it's actually the best way to live? Just to give you a little example, what's my response? You can ask yourself when I read verses like this in his Word. So if you're reading the Bible, you come across this verse and maybe it's like your verse for the day. I tend to write down in my journal. This is the verse that's really stood out to me today for my Bible reading. I'm going to try and carry that with me through the day just going to go through them quickly but what would be our heart response would we be saying yes Jesus you drive and I'm going your way or would we will be fighting against it if you love me keep my commandments forgive as I've forgiven you what if we read that are we willing to forgive if Jesus asks us to forgive which he does bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that 10% of our income, which is our ground rent for being here on the earth, for breathing the air that God gave us and just living on this earth. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Are we willing to do that when those things rise up inside us? Or are we like somebody that, an old man that we used to know in Nottingham, and he used to say, if, if someone was getting a bit irate in a meeting, he'd say, I can see the nails coming out the coffin. You know, your old self is rising up again. Throw off everything that hinders. Are we willing to do that? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Do not neglect meeting together. Encourage one another. Oh, and here's a hard one. Do not be anxious about anything. But give thanks to God and pray. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's obeying to say, I'm not going to be anxious about anything. I'm going to give everything to God going to see it from his perspective do you know it's those things are quite simple to understand it's not the parts of God's word somebody said that we don't understand which are a problem it's the parts that we do understand that are a problem sometimes because will we obey are we willing to change to take up our cross to follow him to let him drive and then our lives will stand firm so in your life in my life today we want this resilient life and if we do we've got to constantly check ourselves and ask ourselves, what are we building on? What are we building our lives on? The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And then the second type of house, the same thing happened and it fell with a great crash. The rain comes and it does in our life and it beats on both types of houses. The streams rise, the waters rises up the walls of both houses. The winds blow and it beats against both houses. Only one house stands. Only one builder has built a resilient structure. And if we get our foundations right, we can build well and we can build to last. Next week, we're going to look more closely at how we build based on our deepening personal relationship with Jesus with strong foundations made real, made personal, our lives are gonna bounce back when challenges come because they come to all of us. I know just looking around this room, there are people who faced terrible loss. There are people even now going through grief. There are people who have faced relationship breakdowns. There are people who face health challenges even now or have faced them. There are people who have challenges in their mental health or challenges in their lives and all of you are loved, and all of you, God can put this resilience, Jesus can put this resilience inside you so that even in those situations, we can be conquerors, more than conquerors, the Bible says, through him who loved us. Building on the rock is not easy, but if we order our loves, if we put him first, our lives are going to bear much fruit. So we're going to listen to a story because um, I asked a lady in our church called Jo Sperry, Jo is an amazing lady she's in her 80s yeah and it's actually 5 years ago it was 5 years ago last weekend that her husband Roy who she loved very dearly went to be with Jesus but i asked her some questions about her life about what keeps her resilient and some things about her life so far so so hello jo good morning
0: <laughs> i found jesus while teaching in a british army school in detmold germany A Canadian evangelist, along with a Christian friend, shared the gospel with me. Several weeks later, and other meetings later, I responded to an altar call at a Christian rally. A couple of days later, while reading the word and praying, I repented and opened my heart to Jesus. A wonderful peace came into my life, and I knew that I had been born again. That was in March 1968, when I was 25 years of age. I still love Jesus and desire to serve him. Life for me has been quite an adventure. So what has kept me strong in my walk with Jesus? Well, first and foremost, God's word. Then the peace which passes all understanding. Also his presence and answers to prayer. And this, along with the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit in my life. Other believers have also played a huge part. My life has been lived in various parts of the world. And everywhere I've been, Christian people have helped me become grounded and strong. As a new Christian in Germany, I received help and teaching from Christian groups within the military and other great people I knew. While living and teaching in Nassau, Bahamas, for over eight years, I benefited from the teaching and fellowship of the pastors and believers in my church there. Notably, the teachings of an elderly American missionary who was a Bible teacher. Former missionaries to Nigeria in UK were used by God to propel me to a teaching position in Jos, Nigeria. So also, undoubtedly, the prayers of many Christians during my almost seven years of teaching there played a huge part. Then later, for many years here in England, the help of friends, the support of my lovely Christian family, and not least, my dear late husband, Roy, a wonderful man of God whose love and kindness and help were a huge blessing and encouragement to me in my Christian life, and during the years of our marriage. I paid tribute to him at this time and in these days on the fifth anniversary of his passing to heaven. I have found that strength is built in times of pain and challenge. I've got through these times simply by the grace and mercy of my loving Heavenly Father, often with difficulty, but never doubting God's presence in such times when he alone pulled me through. During a brief period of living in Florida, USA, a sudden prolonged onslaught of sickness prevented me from continuing to teach in the Christian school there. That was a stressful time. Yet God undertook and provided for me in an amazing way until I returned to the UK. While teaching in Nigeria in 1989, my mother, who had not been ill and had been so looking forward for me to visit her and seeing me again, died suddenly in her sleep. This happened six days before I was due to come to UK to visit her during the summer. That was indeed a tough one. But God never leaves us floundering. In the midst of my grief at that time, former mission friends were there on hand to help me with all the arrangements, along with a deluge of compassion and support from friends in UK and Nigeria. All praise to our loving God. So finally, a few suggestions maybe for anyone who is perhaps starting out on the Christian journey. How can you live a resilient life? Seek his presence through the word. Talk to him and tell him what's on your heart. Listen. Be quick to ask for forgiveness when you have messed up. Keep your heart full of praise and thankfulness, even for the smallest things. The other morning, I glanced out of the bedroom window, and there on the lawn was a beautiful green woodpecker searching for ants. How I rejoiced and praised God for allowing me to see this beautiful creature in that flick of a time. Seek the Holy Spirit for guidance in all your ways. God will show you his plan and purpose through his word, through circumstances, and through the witness of the Spirit. Let peace within be your umpire in every situation. Be obedient to his leading, even if there is opposition. And finally, tell others about Jesus whenever you can at every opportunity. God bless.
1: So what do we see here? Well, Joe's life is not a perfect life. You know, she's not a saint in terms of, she's classed as a saint in the Bible, but you know, she's not a perfect person. But it's a life that even in older age, she's continuing to bear fruit. Um, Even last week, I I saw her at the front with a friend, praying for her friend at the mission. She's still very evangelistic, very outward focused. And this is how I want to be when I'm in my 80s. I want to be still looking outwards. Um, I talked to my mom the other day, and I think I made Susan and Rob laugh because my mom is nearly 91. And I said, "Oh, I'll come and see you on Saturday, mom. Um, just for a few hours, and she said, oh, I'm sorry, Susan, that's not convenient. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, um, what are you doing? She said, well, I'm 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 going to prayer team training. I'm joining the prayer ministry team at church. I thought, brilliant, that's great. She said, I might have to sit down while I'm praying for people, and then she also said, and our small group leader has sort of stepped down for a little while, so me and her friend who lives down the road, we're going to lead the life group for a little while. I thought, wow, well, there you go. Well, her genes are inside me, so I'm very hopeful that I'll be that, that active when I'm 91. Okay. So this is all about getting our foundations right today. And I think it's time for us to do a bit of business with Jesus. We're going to sing in a moment. But I want us to settle this morning. Who or what are we building our lives on? Is there something... I want us to ask the Lord of some questions. Are we building our... Am I building my life, Lord? Am I building my life on you first do you come first in my life or is there something else that's a little bit ahead of you am i basing my life on hearing and obeying you am i on the road to a resilient life
2: thank you pastor susan for that great message What an encouragement to us to make sure that we are building our lives on the rock. If you would value prayer or would like to connect with someone, then do get in touch. Remember, we are always here for you. Now it's time to hear a little bit about what is coming up in the life of One Church. This is your Family News 4. Firstly, on Sunday the 11th of February at 7pm at the One Center, we have our next Newcomers Evening. If you are new to OneChurch or thinking about making OneChurch your home, then this is for you. There will be an opportunity to meet some of the senior leadership, hear more about the heart and the vision of the church, ask any questions you may have, and find out how you can get involved. Sign up today. Secondly, on Sunday the 18th of February, at 7pm at the One Centre, we are starting an Alpha course. This will be a six-week course in a relaxed environment for anyone that wants to explore more about the Christian faith. If this sounds like something that you or someone you know will be interested in, then let us know today. Thirdly, this February half-term sees the return of Schools Out, the amazing holiday club with the aim of sharing Jesus with as many children and families as possible. We'll have more details next week, but for now, please be praying, and consider whether you would have some time to help volunteer on either the Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday of half-term. That's the 20th to the 22nd of February. And finally, in March, we have the return of our Sunday night discipleship courses. These were a great success last time, with many people being blessed wherever they were on their walk with Jesus. This term, we are running four courses. One on facing giants, one on being trained in the prophetic, one on going deeper in the Bible, and one on leading worship. Get in touch today to register your interest or to simply find out more. And that is your Family News 4.